always do it on my own so i gotta get through it and the only thing i know is to love what i'm doing never give up never slow till i finally prove it never listen to the no's i just wanna keep moving keep my head up when i act head up that's a fact never looking back i'ma keep myself on track keep my head up staying strong always moving on feel i don't believe Hey, good morning. Morning. How you doing? Good, good. How about you guys? Doing good. I'm Josh. I'm Tyler. And I'm Scott. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode. No problem at all. Glad to be here. So, have you seen any of the episodes of uh, of Hawkeye? Yeah, I just finished up the season finale this morning. What'd you think? Oh, it was it was amazing. It was a, a friend of mine called it a superhero show without the super, and I thought that was a pretty good description. And uh, and yeah, it finished up really great. Full full hour episode. Uh, some of the episodes on there can be you know thirty, thirty five, forty minutes. Uh, this was a full hour with a nice uh, post credit scene at the end. Yeah, and uh, it was it was really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't expecting to get the whole musical number at the end there. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice little bonus. <laughs> like, we'll get this episode to an hour one way or another. We'll just give you this whole right. Broadway scene. So, as as a uh, one of the things that we do, we, we're going to go over the last three episodes uh, as far as. Spoilers, um, so you know things like that, and and things that we noticed as as Hawkeye or Clint has evolved from the movies into mm-hmm. his own, and have that. Uh, uh, I think him having some sort of a backstory was pretty great. Yeah, it's nice. You know, the thing about the, what Marvel's doing with, you know, these TV shows is they're filling in some things that, uh, you know, that they can't obviously do with the, the time constraints on a, you know, three-hour movie like Endgame. So now you get six hours of Hawkeye with his, you know, his emotional, um, um, you know, attachment to the things he's gone through. So you get to see, you know, what happens afterwards. You get to see... Um, you know, his regrets, his, you know, the emotional burden that that took on him. Yeah, you get to see a little bit of that with Endgame, you know, after the whole, uh, you know, when they pick him up with the Ronin aspect. So this is just a way to expand on, yeah, like you were saying, regrets, you know, for doing what he did before realizing that, you know, he can get his family back. Right. So, uh, I guess we'll start with, uh, would be episode four. And, um, you know, the things that happened in that episode, I know with, with Clint and Kate Bishop, they, they are, it it almost felt like a a father and daughter type thing. Yeah, I think, you know, because he, you know, he obviously has kids and, you know, they're, I think they're, I think Kate's a little bit older, but he definitely uh, comes across as, you know, um, you know, a father-daughter type relationship with her in the beginning. And obviously that evolves, but, 
he definitely has that protective nature over uh, uh, himself over her initially. Now, if I remember correctly, in episode three, that's when they get introduced to Jack possibly being one of the one of the bigger villains. Right. Yeah, that's when they uh, started investigating him and the company he works for, and and uh, that's where the the tension goes to him initially. Is everybody thinks that he's like the the big uh, the big villain. I think they were doing that with. Uh few of the characters because i mean you got uh i'm gonna butcher her name what was it vera Farm formigia formigia okay i'm not sure how to pronounce her last name honestly but like she's too big an actress not to have a bigger role as far as you know just like a motherly type it's like you know she's got something else going on in the background mm-hmm. talking about kate's mom mm-hmm. yeah yeah I thought and, that she was. I thought she was initially was, you know, partnering with this uh, Jack guy, but um, mm-hmm. ended up not being the case. It was a little, little bigger than that. <laughs> Just a little bit. It's also one of the things too, where you know somebody else bigger, and in, in the grand scheme of things, is pulling the strings, but you, you don't really know who. Yeah, they give you a little bit of, you know, teaser here and there. And then, um, you know, finally in the very last few seconds of episode five, that's when they they reveal it, so. Which was an amazing reveal because you hear rumors all the time, you know, like, oh, is it, is it not? And then you see it and it's like, oh, man. It's just great yeah. seeing him back. Yeah. Are we talking full spoilers here so we can talk everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely full spoilers. Okay. Yeah, so the thing that got me was, you know, so last week, episode five comes out, and you see Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin again, and you're like, oh, okay, so they're bringing him back, and then Spider-Man No Way Home comes out next week, or last, on Friday last week, and then you see Charlie Cox back as Mac Murdock, and I just thought that was so brilliant for Marvel to do, to be able to have a TV show now, to where they timed it, to where you get to see, obviously you know now, that the Kingpin and the Daredevil we know from Netflix is now back in the MCU fully just based yep. on a TV show and a movie. I just thought yep. that was brilliant. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. They definitely know what they're doing when it comes to that. Yeah. They just, you know, for them to be, I mean, we've been around the MCU now for what, since 2008. So sounds right. You know, for them to be, you know, at this point now they can just keep, they keep going and going, you know, we've got, you know, TV show tie-ins that are going to go into, you know, you had um, WandaVision, which is going to lead right into Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. You know, and then everything that happened in the Spider-Man movie, two links to it as well. It's just, you know, four Marvel movies a year, plus three or four other TV shows. It's just, you know, constantly something going on and, and it's extending the stories and going farther and further out. Yep. Sky's the limit. You know, now with Kate Bishop introduced and what she's doing, you know, she's bound to show up into something as well, whether it's her own thing or, you know, if they finally do get around to doing some other Avenger type movie in the future. Yeah, I think we've got a nice um, group of, I guess, what you more, you know, grounded Avengers maybe coming. You've got, you know, Kate Bishop um, in the Doctor Strange uh, 
Multiverse of Madness trailer post credit scene. You got to see America Chavez in there twice. Yeah. Um, and you've got uh, Miss Marvel coming along. You've got we got Blade coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, I'd love to see them bring John Bernthal in as a Punisher. So, you know, you've got a, a you know coming from where we've been with a lot of you know um, you know you know space type you know gal- Guardians of the Galaxy type characters and things like that. You know, to be able to have a little more grounded you know, Earth uh, type heroes would be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, coming down the pike within retrospect of all the new characters that they're introducing or bringing back, uh, there's going to be room definitely for, for a young adventures, uh, a young Avengers rather, uh, either a TV show or a movie because there's, there was some talk about that, but they've, you know, it's, that's going to be a while probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, um, there's a cartoon that my daughter likes to watch. I actually like it too. It's, I think it's the Marvel rising show that has all the female uh, characters. You got like squirrel girl, America Chavez, you've got Miss um, Marvel, obviously. So I think, um, you know, and we're starting to see a lot of them pop up now. So it seems like that's the route they're going to go to. I mean, they've already got, you know, these in the cartoons. So I think, you know, bring them in the MCU as well could be uh, a really cool to see too. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, talking about like Young Avengers, at least based comic-wise for it, you got, uh, you know, in Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, you know, you had Isaiah Bradley and his grandson was there. And um, in the, com- the Young Avengers comics, you know, Isaiah Bradley's, you know, gets some abilities from from his grandfather, um, and he was introduced in that show. So, I mean, there's something they could do with him too if they wanted to get a whole Young Avengers type show or movie going. They have, you know, other characters as well to use. They've introduced, right? Falcon Winter Soldier felt feels like so long ago now, um, but yeah, it really you definitely you can bring them back too. Especially, I think um, uh, you know they're giving him his own Captain America movie uh, mm-hmm. at some point. I'm not sure if it's, you know, how many years out, you know, they're planning it, but they, I think they already announced it. So that'll be, that'd be cool too. Yeah. It'll be great to see that, uh, that new costume he's got in all its glory for a longer period of time than just that last episode. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, but in the last episode of Hawkeye, I think they crammed a lot into, you know, uh, uh, TV shows right around an hour. Uh, with the introduction, uh, with show, having Kingpin show up, and then, you know, you got uh, also for Yelena. Yeah, Yelena, and then you got Maya, and they're all coming into their own, and you get to see how Maya starts off wanting to to be the bad guy and then they find out she finds out you know who was behind her father's death and then that changes everything with her and then the whole thing with Yelena and Clint you know at the at the end of that was just it, it almost felt like uh, like a, a family fighting and then you you see how she kind of accepts what happened, even though she doesn't want to believe what actually happened. But I thought it was cool. Was it in episode five where they show her blipping and then returning? Are you later? I think it was in episode five. Yeah. Yeah. I think but that was I, interesting because it, it happened so quick. You, you see rumblings of it throughout, throughout the, uh, the MCU movies. 
and this, you actually see it happen in real time and how things have changed. Yeah, I think that was the first time we've seen that. I was kind of surprised by that to see, you know, someone, you know, uh, get snapped or blipped or whatever you want to call it. But then it was like for her, you know, it was almost like the same as um, uh, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, when he went into the quantum realm for five years. For him, it was five minutes. For Yelena, yeah. it was almost instantaneous, which I thought was interesting, too, because for everybody else, you know, you never really saw them. You know, what I mean, you never, you know, we, they, they came back when Hulk did his snap. So that was literally five years later for everybody else, but it may have been instantaneous for everybody else. So I thought that was interesting to see. Yeah. And the, the attention to detail and just, and, and overall, all the episodes was great. The, the character building that they did, with, especially with Kate Bishop until the end, shows how she goes from being you know, basically an early-aged adult to becoming what she's going to be in the future as a, as a superhero where she's going to eventually pick up the mantle of Hawkeye. Which they alluded to right there at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and that, uh, the flashback scene from the Aven original Avengers where she's seeing Hawkeye doing his thing at another building across, that was really cool. That was, mm -hmm. that was her entire inspiration for everything that she did that's you know why she got into archery probably why she got into martial arts as well you know that was and her that, whole reason for being and and you know she was able to finally meet him and then he groomed her not by choice but now nah. now now she's willing to completely accept the role and i think with with those two especially with clint once he figures out the reason she is there it, it was because of her losing her father and thought, I guess at the time she had thought she lost her mother and that basically he was what made her feel safe in a way that she wanted to be just like him. And I think that kind of opened him up to where he finally just was like, you know, we're, we're in it together. You're, you know, it's, it's time for me to, show you the, the way to do things. And, and then with them coming together like that, and then they go in and they start making arrows and see, see the shock on her face where she's like, you can actually do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really it was good. just the last episode, I think, even though it's, it was, uh, it was culminating in the, in the series. Uh, finale of that it's it was one of those things where they crammed a lot but it was also well well done yeah mm -hmm. to where it put the hook in your mouth so to speak like you want more oh yeah i think that's whatever i think that kevin Feige does that with every everything marvel that comes out <laughs> yeah. that is true and and i think in and you know some of the episodes some of the shows that they had were kind of they weren't like off the wall or anything, but uh, there were a few that didn't really catch me as much as say like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, Hawkeye. Then you had the What If series. You know, the What If series. There was one or two episodes where I was like, "That's kind of that's kind of out there," but that's what it was meant to be. And then you know, which you know, in, in the next episode we'll get into it, but the. The, the ending credit of Spider-Man 
alluded to that actually being a thing. Yeah, you know, the, as far uh, as the different multiverses and, mm-hmm. and where they had the evil Doctor Strange. Well, yeah, it's happening, you know. And I think that's why they did that. Well, I think it's, it's a good contrast, too, because, you know, with, with Spider-Man No Way Home, you see, you know, the good side. You get to see two other good Spider-Men come out that we've seen before. But then now on Doctor Strange's end, you get to see an evil Doctor Strange. So, you know, you get to see the good and the bad coming out from two different movies. So, I mean, I think all in all for a six-episode series, it was one of those things that had a very good buildup, and then the end was just overall fantastic. Yeah, actual satisfying ending, which you don't always get with such a short show. But I think, you know, that's everything Marvel, really, especially lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they've hit their stride so well. It's like you know, they just they know anything they release is gonna be, you know, you know, want more, you know, especially now that you know, you never whoever thought that we would get, you know, we, we knew that once the Netflix shows were done, that the the rights resorted went went back to Marvel for, you know, Daredevil and Iron Fist and all the defenders. But who thought we would get Vincent D'Onofrio and Charlie Cox back in the MCU? Because you know, it's a lot of times that happens, you get whole new actors. Yep. We're actually getting, and I think that's a testament to how well that show was received and how well it just, it performed overall. Everybody knew that Vincent D'Onofrio just killed it as um, Kingpin and then oh, Charlie Cox as, as, yeah. And you saw, like, you saw the twitching in his face uh, yeah. in episode six there. I mean, that's just, you know, he, he's so calculating and calm behind the scenes, but when somebody either embarrasses or, or um, turns on him, his, that, that rage just comes out and he's just perfect in that role. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie Cox as well with uh, Matt Murdock, Daredevil. You know, that show was just done so well, especially with all of those uh, single camera fight scenes down the hallways. You know, I think oh, people just, yeah, people love that show. And, and to have them back in the MCU down, and, you know, and we have no idea where they're going to end up next, but to have them back is, is a testament to how well that show, uh, how popular that show was. Mm-hmm. It's like Daredevil is probably my favorite character in the, in the Marvel Universe, comics, all that stuff. And, you know, here Charlie Cox is being cast as him, and I'm like, trying to remember who he is, and I go back to Stardust, and I'm like, he was good in Stardust, but I mean, that's going to be Matt Murdock? Really? Of course, then you see it, and it's like, okay, no, everything's fine. There's there's no issues with that whatsoever. There's no one per- better for him, at, or as Vincent D'Arfrio as Kingpin. I mean, they couldn't have picked anything, anyone better. Yeah, and I think him as Kingpin was more comic book accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, even going back to the the '90s series, uh, the Spider-Man series. Well, it's difficult to find someone to really embody Kingpin in physicality, just because how he's usually drawn in the comics or in the animated series. But you know, you had Michael Clark Duncan in the Ben Affleck Daredevil series, and you know, at the time he was great for it. And then you know, Vincent D'Onofrio now is perfect. Now it's just hard to get that physical stature. But if someone can portray that physical stature just in the way you know their attitude is the body language is just works out really well yeah they show even like i think episode six what ripping the door off a car yeah so i mean 
I feel like he's had a little bit of a, a power up since the uh, since the Netflix show. He took an arrow to the chest, you know. <laughs> yeah, taking um, an arrow, all the explosions he was around. He took a took a you know her mom ran the car into him. He just like was immediately back up again. Um, Kate used his cufflink to trigger those explosions, mm-hmm. and um, you know, so. And then I was reading, doing some research afterwards, and you know, from the comic, I was looking at the panels right here, and you know, my, there's a scene where Maya, you know, points the gun at him, and supposedly he takes a shot to the to the dome, and and lives through it. So I don't know the comic history of it, but supposedly that's what happens, and that's what they were referencing with that last scene in the show. Yeah, it's a good possibility. It's like when it comes to the comics and all that, it's like I'm, you know, honestly, when it comes to Marvel, there are only certain characters I do. Uh, read so I'm not 100% certain but I mean it's Kingpin he's gone through so much stuff and survived so um, I, I doubt that's the last we've seen of him oh definitely not no it wouldn't surprise me to see um, them probably pop up in the She-Hulk show because she's a lawyer and so is Matt Murdock so that wouldn't surprise me to see them pop up back there too it's very very true I didn't even think about that and that's, that's coming down the pipe, the She-Hulk mm-hmm. series. Isn't that going to, I think that's going to be the next one to come, isn't it? Um, sure. it's either that or Moon Knight. I'm not sure which one is next. Yeah, next year we've got Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Miss Marvel. They're all in there. I'm not sure what the release dates are, but they're all. Yeah, I can't remember somewhere. either. They're all about the same, started production around the same time. They've all released relatively small teasers. So, I mean, I don't think they've got an official release date for any of them yet. And I think I know they're probably going to do what they have this year, where they would release, you know, the the six episodes, and then I think it was what three or four weeks before before the the next one started. Yeah, I think it was about a month in between WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then What If was about two months, and then Hawkeye's been another two or three, something like that. Yeah, and it's it's almost like. You're dangling a carrot going, yep. don't go anywhere. Yep. You're going to want to see this. Yep. Well, they're doing that with Disney Plus as a whole. I mean, like next week, we've got Book of Boba Fett starting too. So oh, they, yeah. don't on, they don't want to step on each other. It's almost like one show ends, another one begins. I think that's the way they're going to have it. It's almost like, yep. you know, every four to six weeks, you know, probably, you know, or six to eight weeks with episodes, there's something new starting up. It's going to be either Star Wars or, or Marvel. So what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth. Who knew as a nerdy kid uh, growing up that, you know, as an adult, I have everything I'd ever wanted when it comes to, you know, nerdy material to keep up with. It's like our golden age. Yeah. So So, you guys went to see Spider-Man last week? We did. Yeah, actually, Tyler went and saw it twice. I had the day off. I figured, why not? <laughs> I tell you, the theater I went to see seven p.m. at Valley View, and the theater was hype off the charts. I've never been in a movie where everybody there was probably at least twenty scenes, twenty instances where people clapped, cheered, gasped, cried. It was, it was. I had my seven-year-old daughter with me. And she started clapping too, just because, you know, not really knowing what was on the screen, but just because everybody else was. So just that experience of that movie, just, you know, having the audience be so hyped into it was, was amazing. 
We want to thank you for joining this episode of the Beyond Roanoke, the podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode where we'll discuss Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I wouldn't listen to it until after you've seen it.